welcome to the I Am A Woman podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Strickland, and I'm excited to be back in our home studio today. I'm actually sitting at my personal desk in my home, and I have a message that I really want to share to uh, really religious people, and I'm hoping some non-religious people listen to this too, during Pride Month. So I've been I've been doing a lot of thinking about Pride Month, and I know that there are many Christians out there that are sick of Pride Month, and they don't want to see <laughs> rainbow flags in the schools or on chosen sets, which we're going to talk about the chosen today. Um, and we certainly don't want to see, you know, pride memorabilia being sold to our children the moment we walk into Target, right? So we're in a moment right now where uh, lots and lots of moms are boycotting Target um for their pride displays, and everybody's got an opinion about it, uh, spoken or unspoken. It's it's becoming more and more prominent. We also know that in our government building recently to celebrate uh, Pride Month, the President of the United States stood in front of the Pride flag being hung on equal standing with the United States flag on either side of it. That is actually against the United States Flag Code, Title IV, Section C, which says that no flag, no flag in the United States should ever be hung on equal standing or to the right of the United States flag, except for uh, chaplains out at sea for church services. <laughs> so the Christian flag uh, out at sea with church services is allowed in special situations with Navy chaplains, but never in the history of the United States have we ever seen a flag hung in the very center uh, with the United States flag equally placed on either side of it, which is against our laws. So we have a lot of feelings right now in the United States regarding the pride flag. So I've been thinking about this quite a bit. I've been wanting to do a message on this. And I started thinking about what does the Bible say about pride and wanting to talk about really why it is Moms are upset and Americans are upset about this movement. The Bible says a lot about pride and Jesus says a lot about pride, but what you will see over and over again in the gospels is not Jesus rebuking people for their sin if they didn't know the Lord, um, what you will see over and over again is Jesus rebuking religious pride. Okay. That is a theme throughout the gospels. And if you know anything about Jesus, you know that he doesn't go after people for their sexual sexuality or their sexual sin or their sexual preferences or their sexual history. You just don't see that. Okay. I want to be clear that the Bible is very, very clear about idolatry. Two things, idolatry and sexual immorality are are um, 
like profane to God, like it upsets God. Okay. So we know that throughout scripture, but I want to talk about Jesus in particular and his treatment of people who are in sexual relationships that are not honoring to the Lord and uh, not according to his word. You just don't see him condemning them. Let me just put it that way. You've got the woman caught in adultery who wanted to condemn her, the religious people. You have the woman sitting at the well who had been with five different guys. Who do you see her see condemning her? Not Jesus. In fact, Jesus announced that he was the Messiah to the woman sitting at the well. He had not previously told anybody that he was the Messiah. Okay. No one. Okay. He chose a woman from Samaria who was considered like a despised people. Okay. In the culture, those people were despised. Women were considered lower and worse. She was sexually immoral because she was sleeping around. Okay. And Jesus actually chose her to reveal that he was the Messiah. She gave her life to him and she went on and shared the gospel everywhere. But he did, he did bring up the fact, actually, if you read the story of the woman of the well, he did bring up the fact that she had been sleeping with <laughs> several different men. Um, but he did not condemn her for it. Instead, he offered her living water. He offered her a relationship with him, which brings people living water. So he knew with the women of the well that her she was trying to quench her thirst through sexual sin. Okay. But he didn't condemn her for it. He drew her to himself through face-to-face -face personal relationship and conversation. We see uh, the same thing with the story of uh, the sinful woman who anointed him at his feet. It is the religious people that want to condemn the sinful woman. Okay. It is not Jesus. <laughs> so we're going to see this again and again in the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, a story that I recently heard my pastor talk about when he was talking about the fruit of the fruits of the spirit. And he was talking about kindness. He still, he told this story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And I, I want to tell you guys the story. And then we're going to talk about the controversy over the pride flag and the chosen. But before we do that, let's take a look at how Jesus deals with people who are despised and sinful and condemned and hated. Okay, let's just look at how he deals with those people. So it says in uh, Luke 19, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. Okay, really quick. Being the chief tax collector meant he was the chief thief, <laughs> okay? Because the tax collectors were actually people who were hoarding money and ripping other people off in the community. They were basically stealing from their own people. So we have Zacchaeus, who is the chief tax collector. He is then hated, okay? Everybody knows he's a sinner, quote unquote. And it says that he was trying to get a look at Jesus, 
Okay, because Jesus was going through the town, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he's also a short guy. So he runs ahead, climbs a sycamore fig tree beside the road because Jesus was going to pass that way. So he goes up into a tree in order to see Jesus because obviously there's crowds all around Jesus. He had been healing people. He'd been meeting face to face with people. He had been causing quite a ruckus and this guy wanted to see him. So when Jesus came by, he looks up at Zacchaeus and he calls him by name. Zacchaeus, he says, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Okay. Does Jesus go through the crowd? Okay. Well, let Let's take a pride parade. Does Jesus walk through the parade and start looking at people and going, you filthy, rotten sinner? (laughs) No, he does not do that because everybody thinks this guy's a filthy, rotten sinner. Okay. What does Jesus do? He says, I would like to come over to your house today. I would like to spend time with you. I would like to break bread with you. Of all the people in the crowd, he chooses the rejected, hated, lost thief. Okay? So he does that. He says, Jesus says, quick, come here. I want to be a guest in your home today. I want to go eat at your house. We are in Luke 19. It is actually not very far from the moment where Judas is going to betray Jesus and Jesus is going to go to the cross. So he only has a very short period of time right before his death, but he wants to go to Zacchaeus' house. He doesn't really want to go to the religious leader's house today. He wants to go to Zacchaeus' house. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. See, the people were looking down upon Jesus's choice to go hang out with a sinner. And he says, he has gone to be, the people said, he has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumble. And meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responds, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. And so what happens is when Jesus goes to his house, this man's heart is changed and humbled by the kindness of Christ And he repents. He says he's going to give back four times what he has stolen. And Jesus was like, you know, this guy is a son of Abraham. See, the the religious people believed themselves to be sons of Abraham, but they were often so snobbish and so prideful that Jesus would tell them off to their face on a regular basis. He would not tell off the people who were lost. He would tell off the religious people who snubbed their noses at people who were lost. So he says here, the son of man came to seek 
and save those that were lost. So when we talk about pride, you know, the pride issue is is such an interesting one because the culture has redefined the word pride to be something that we take pride in our sexual sexuality or alternative sexuality. Pride biblically is related to arrogance and arrogance is hated by God and Every single one of us, including me, can be prideful and arrogant. Every single one of us has been, let me say that again, prideful. Maybe you're prideful to your husband. Maybe you're prideful to your sister-in-law. Maybe you're prideful about your mother-in-law. Maybe you're prideful towards people who don't go to church or don't live the way that you live. And the truth is, is that each one of us suffers from pride and some of us more so than others. And I have recently become really aware of how I have to repent of my pride because pride is so ugly to God. It will also destroy your relationships. And pride is, I have to be right. I am right. They are wrong. I am better than them. They are worse than me. I know more than them, right? And they're just misguided and lost. Um, Instead of how can I get to know this person and love them and be curious about them and care about them and care about what's going on in their lives and invite them into my home and invite them into my heart and listen well. See, prideful people spout off with arrogance. I can promise you I've done that before. So I'm talking to myself as well today. Prideful people spout off in arrogance. They use many words. They interrupt. They condemn. They point fingers. They blame. And they look down upon other people. So pride is something that is absolutely despised by God. It's despised. And so we really need to make sure that we humble ourselves. And you know what the interesting thing is? You can't pray to God. I heard a message about this recently. Um, I think it was by Francis Chan that said, um, you can't pray, oh God, help me be humble. The Bible says, humble yourself. (laughs) Humble yourself. God's not going to help you be humble. He's saying, humble yourself. Okay. And a humble person seeks wisdom. Proverbs 15:33 says, "Fear of the Lord and is instruction and wisdom. Humility precedes honor." Proverbs 11:2 says that when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble there is wisdom. So a humble person is a good listener. A humble person is curious about what other people are feeling or going through. A humble person does not judge others. A humble f- person asks questions. A humble person is also uh, fears God. That's in pro- all through Proverbs, and I talked about this in the in the section or the. Um, excuse me, in the episode where I talked about the wise woman and the foolish woman of the book of Proverbs. I recommend everybody read the book of Proverbs and just practice applying it. There's 31 chapters in there. One 
chapter a day every month for the rest of your life. You can continue growing in wisdom. There's so much wisdom in there. You can just hardly contain it. So the Bible teaches that that wisdom begins with the fear of God, with humbling ourselves to his word, humbling ourselves to the fact that he's the creator and that we're not, and he is the judge and we are not. So pride comes before the fall, right? But with humility comes honor. And it is in what Christ did, he ate with sinners. He talked to sinners. He like he did all the things. He didn't come to be an exalted king and judge all the people. He came to be a lowly carpenter among the people and walk the dusty roads with the people to show them that with humility comes honor. He is sitting at the right hand of God. He is in the most exalted place. And we see that too in Philippians where it says, if you have any comfort from being with Christ, humble yourselves. Like, imitate yourself, imitate Christ in his humility to think of, to honor other people above themselves. Okay. So Jesus hates arrogance and pride. So there's the question. Does Jesus hate the people waving the pride flag? No, no, he doesn't hate them. He hates pride. We know that. So there's our conflict as Christians because Satan was so prideful. It was the very thing of Satan's arrogance and pride that threw him out of heaven. So Christians are in a funny spot right now because we're supposed to accept and celebrate something that we know God's word does not celebrate at all. It doesn't celebrate pride in any way. It doesn't celebrate sexual immorality. It doesn't celebrate pride. It doesn't celebrate arrogance. It doesn't celebrate idolatry, uh, any of those things. But does Jesus despise the people? No, he does not. He laid down his life for those people. And when he was on this earth, he sought them out and wanted to go to their house. That's what he did. And we have example after example after example of that. We also have example after example of it, after example of him rebuking religious pride and arrogance. And so I want to give you an example of religious pride and arrogance of what's going on right now with this debate about the chosen. So if you don't know about this story, The Chosen is an incredible series. Uh, it's the biggest series ever produced really in the world on the life of Jesus. It is the most successful series ever produced in the history of the world on the life of Jesus, okay? Television series, okay? There's not been one that's been more successful, okay? So... It's like the Chick-fil-A 
<laughs> of, uh, of shows about Jesus. It's like the best chicken. It's the best show. Okay. So we both know those, both of those organizations are run by Christians. So they're going to get a lot of flack. People are going to question them all the time. And Chick-fil-A is being questioned right now, but I want to focus on the chosen. Okay. So if you've seen the chosen, you know that it, it portrays the Jesus who loved the lowly. It portrays the Jesus who loved average, everyday, you could say sinners or messed up people or just the average Joe or people that were really suffering because the life of Jesus was a story of healing. He healed people. And, you know, my son is watching it right now and he was telling me, like, I love to read my Bible. Uh, both my boys are, are, are Bible readers, uh, my, but my older son said, you know, it's just, I love watching it because I want to see it. I want, I want to see, I want to imagine what it would really be like to walk with Christ. And so this is a television show that is leading people to the real Jesus, the real humble Jesus. Well, there was recently uh, a video put out about, you know, behind the scenes, the new season of The Chosen, blah, blah, blah. And in the background, there was a very far in the background of this, but behind the scenes video of the show, there was a camera with a little tiny three-inch pride flag on it in the background. And you'd have to zoom in on the video and you'd have to look really far to find it. Okay. Well, some guy, and you can look up his name. I don't need to name him because he's made himself very, very famous by doing this. Uh, he zoomed in on that and he went straight on Twitter as this self-righteous Christian saying, this is wrong. Everyone should boycott the chosen. They are, you know, supporting the pride movement and all this stuff. Okay. So first of all, Number one, the Bible teaches that if you have an issue with a brother in Christ, you're supposed to go to him privately just between the two of you. So right there, this guy doesn't really obey the word. Okay. The word of God is, um, yeah, you're not going to find cancel culture in the word of God. Okay. You don't go straight to the point of let's boycott the chosen because one camera operator had a pride flag on his own personal equipment. Um, you're not going to find that in God's word. God's word says that if you have an offense with a brother, you go to him privately just between the two of you and talk to him about it. So the guy who called this out and put it on Twitter is pretty famous. He could he could have gotten hold of the producer of The Chosen. It wouldn't have been difficult to write an email or to confront and say, I just want to know what this is about. He could have been curious. He could have been humble. He could have obeyed God's word and asked questions just between the two of them. But he went straight to Twitter um, and he decides to call everyone to boycott The Chosen. Well... This is called, biblically, it's called stirring up division. It's called being divisive because now there's this huge division between people who have loved the chosen and been ministered to it by it, but who don't agree with the pride flag. And rightly so, it's basically an idol 
Okay. It's an idol of sexuality. It's not something that is going to be esteemed by God's word. But why does the producer of The Chosen have a camera in the background with the pride flag on it? So Dallas Jenkins, the producer, went on YouTube and explained his stance on it. And I thought he did an excellent job. Millions of people have watched the video. You can just search it. Or in fact, I'm going to link to it. I'm going to link to it because I want you guys to take a look at how he explains this because to me, it's very indicative of how Jesus lived his life. He said, basically, look, we're not a church. (laughs) We're, We're a production company. And I know personally, having grown up in the entertainment industry, production companies hire camera operators, okay? And camera operators come on the job, and it's their personal camera equipment. It's not owned by the chosen. It's owned by the guy behind the camera. Dallas Jenkins goes on to say, look, you know, and he gives this example and it's a really good one. He says, look, if you were having like contractors come in and build your house, would you have them sign a thing that says I'm LGBT, blah, blah, whatever, or I'm not, or I'm gay or I'm cisgender. I mean, are you kidding me? First of all, that is against the law in the United States. You cannot discriminate upon people based on their sexual orientation. If he did that, he would have a lawsuit on his hands. And plus he would prevent people of all backgrounds from getting to be a part of the life of Jesus. Jesus didn't didn't discriminate people based on their background. This guy's not asking to be a pastor. He is a cameraman. So if I was going to... um, have contractors come into my home, let's just say that example. I would hire a bunch of contractors to build my house, and one of them might have a, a the paint the painter may be wearing a pride t-shirt. <laughs> and he may have a pride sticker on his ladder or on his paintbrush. And am I going to say to him, I will have nothing to do with you. You need to leave my house? No. I would ask him if he wanted some water. (laughs) Okay. So I am, you can tell I am very annoyed. I am very annoyed with these prideful religious people who call themselves Christians, who believe that people who work on the set of the chosen have to be Christ followers. (laughs) Nobody says that. Nobody said that. The people who laid the tile in my bathroom, I have no idea if they were Christ followers or not. But what I do know is that I would show them the utmost respect. And that's what Dallas Jenkins is saying is, look, we're a production company from the very beginning. And this is the the point that he, he makes, and I love it. I love it. He said, the people who have produced The Chosen, remember, the people who work at Chick-fil-A, the people who produce The Chosen, the people who work at the printing press that print this Bible are people of all backgrounds. He said they're Mormons, they're Catholics, they're agnostic, they're New Age, they support the pride movement, they don't. I don't even know, he said, I sit down at the table and I eat with them and I show them respect. 
Let me tell you really quickly that what a story in the book of Luke that Jesus tells before the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And I want you, if you are a Christian, I want you to pay very close attention to this because the truth is the pridefulness and the arrogance of Christians is what has kept LGBT people feeling shamed, judged, scolded, and looked down upon by God, because we are supposed, we are made in the image of God, and we are supposed to reflect the image of Christ, which means if you are of a different faith than me, if you are my neighbor, if you are in my family, if you don't believe in Christ and you don't follow his word, my only job is to invite you into my home and go into your home and love you and get to know you. That is my job. Because I'm either related to you or I live next door to you or you're in my community. My job is not to look down upon, scold, judge, and cause division in the body of Christ over your behavior. That's not my job. That's not my job. Okay? That's being the judge. And that is the one thing that God says you are not to judge. I am the judge. That's what God says. I'm the judge, not you, not you. So this guy who decided to do with the chosen, this with the chosen, you know, he's just stirring up division and strife out of his pride and arrogance. And a lot of people are following him. Okay. But the truth is he's probably just jealous of the success of the chosen because usually fights and arguments come from envy and jealousy. Okay, so Luke 18, verse 9, I'm going to close with this story. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everybody else. Isn't that interesting? Jesus, who sees the heart, says, I'm going to tell a story to these people who have great confidence in their own righteousness and judge everybody else. You know, I wonder if the pride movement, the pride flag becoming such a huge thing might be turned back on the face of Christians who are so prideful and arrogant. (laughs) You know, God uses everything. Jesus tells this story. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, so he's a religious guy. And the other was a despised tax collector. And we talked about how people hated them. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. Look at how great I am. But the tax collector, who's the bad guy in the story, right? or we think he is, stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow and said, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner and not the Pharisee returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That is a challenge to us today. Are we exalting ourselves or are we humbling ourselves in relationship with other people? 
Maybe we exalt ourselves to our spouse. I've done that. I bet you've done that. The one who humbles themselves is going to be exalted. And the one who exalts himself is going to be humbled. That is the way of Christ. That is the way of God. And so as we close this today, I just want to say to you guys, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself before the Lord. He will lift you up in honor and don't speak evil against each other. This is what I'm reading from James 4. Dear brothers and sisters, if you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? That's what it says in James chapter four. So that's my message about pride. I think the most important thing that we can do right now is repent of our own pride. And every single one of us can do that. Thank you guys so much for joining me today on the I Am A Woman podcast. I am a woman and my name means life. The verses I shared today will be in the show notes. I really recommend you take a look at them. Remember, humility comes before honor. Pride comes before the fall. Take care. (laughs) 